In this episode, I sit down with Ashley Fazio to talk about minimalism, what it's like to be a blogger, and what it's like living in a tiny house. Get ready, because you are now listening to Tiny Leaves. Big changes. another episode of Tiny Leaves, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, we are talking with Ashley Fazio about minimalism, primarily because it's one of those things that is interesting to a lot of people from like an ideal point of view, but in actual practice, it's ridiculously hard or hard seeming to get into. So we're going to talk about what that's like and uh, why she embraced it and, and loves it so much. And then we're hopefully going to dive into some stuff around being a first year blogger and starting a business online and what she's learned over the last year of not really knowing anything to begin with, but now being uh, a, a pro. So Ashley, I'm pumped to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Greg. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and to be able to share with your audience because you have such an amazing group of people following you. You've built a really great space. So thank you for having me. Dude, of course. So let's start out with what I think is possibly the most interesting question, the one that would stand out in most people's mind is, you know, a point of conversation. Uh, so I happen to know that you spent quite a bit of time living in a tiny home as your full time living space. What was that like? Yeah, so I lived, I've lived in a tiny house for about a year. And it has been, it has been this really amazing experience that it's amazing how when you take and away just, uh, just for some context, do you yeah. know the square footage on it? Yeah. So, so my tiny house is 160 square feet. So it's built on an eight by 20 trailer. Mm -hmm. So living in that amount of space really, you know, at first it makes you analyze and take inventory of your physical stuff. And I had to really like do a lot of minimizing, get rid of a lot of things. And at first that was super hard for me, but then building my life kind of like within that space, knowing the things that I needed for day-to-day interactions and all that stuff. So I wasn't like depriving myself. So I had everything I needed. I really got to take a good inventory of the things that that I actually use and I actually need and the things I actually find important. So doing that in a physical space was a really cool like life um, experience. But then also it ties exactly into doing the same thing in the rest of my life and taking kind of like a life audit, like an inventory of what is the stuff in my life that's meaningful or important or kind of like useless and it's just there. So it was a really like soul searching kind of self-discovery experience over the past year and a half. And it led me into like this beautiful life of simplicity, realizing that simplicity is the answer at least for me and what I find for a lot of people that I work with, like simplicity seems to be the answer to 
find that underlying happiness that a lot of us search for. So it's been a really, really beautiful experience, to be honest. Yeah, and what I love about that is uh, just this concept of embracing simplicity and, and chasing simplicity. I, I find that, at least for me, as you you age and, and have all these different experiences behind you, things tend to just sort of pile on top of each other. And whether it's in your physical space or in your mental space, you end up with a very like complex web of just stuff. And, and I can imagine that going to the extreme like that, like moving into such a small space, having to really tackle and, and ask those questions kind of forces you to, to comb through all of that, right? Yeah, that's that's exactly right, because it is so easy as we venture into this world of adulthood to just get so busy and be so overwhelmed and have so much chaos in our lives that when we can like declutter that and get rid of all that extra stuff that piles on and we don't even know why we even do some of the things or why we try to pack our schedule so much like that makes us feel productive or whatever it is, whether it's just filling up, you know, all the shelves in our house because it makes it feel like, like we're accomplishing something by having things. Once you can get past those layers and like uncover what's underneath it, it's, that has been really the most mindset shifting thing that has come from moving into that kind of space and living in a tiny house and embracing minimalism and embracing simplicity. Absolutely. So what, um, what would just to stick on this point for a little bit, what would you say was the uh, biggest initial challenge? Let's say the first 30 days living. So the first 30 days, so like when I first moved into the, into the tiny house and I transitioned all of my things and I was finally settled in that 160 square feet in that space. At first it was super liberating because one, it was the first time I really had my own space. It was very empowering, but then it was also a huge adjustment to being able to utilize that space in a way that wouldn't make me feel, that wouldn't make me feel like claustrophobic or make me feel like things were, were cluttered because that's the absolute opposite of what I wanted in my life. So it was finding this balance of really keeping and taking inventory, like this continuous inventory of the things that I actually did need and use and find like that I wanted to keep in a daily as a daily part of my life. And in doing that, which has actually been this continuous thing I've done over the past year plus, like I'm constantly doing it. But I think doing that was really the most challenging thing was to continuously say, okay, I don't actually really need this or I don't really use this or this isn't even very important to me. I just kept it because of X, Y, Z, whatever those reasons we tell ourselves are. And then that act of letting go at first is hard and just to get rid of things, especially things like I'm going to need this someday. You know, we always do that. But the act of letting go Afterwards, the feelings that you have, and we can all share in that kind of experience, whether it was letting go of physical things or relationships or whatever it may be, that feeling of letting go after really kind of puts us like in the right mindset to, to remind ourselves that we did the right thing. Like you feel good afterwards, even though it was hard beforehand. So getting over that hump, I think, was a little challenging. 
But after that, it was just like momentum. It just felt great to do it over and over and over again. Yeah. And actually I've found that that plays out with everything. And I, I think I've talked about this on the show before. It's always much harder to go from zero to one on something than it is to go from one to 10. Because uh, from zero to one, you don't have the identity of being that type of person or or having that that routine or or even just any context around what it's going to take. But then one to 10, it's really just about improving and doing it better and, and, and moving forward as opposed to starting from scratch and, and building something where nothing exists. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And you know what I love too about the space that you've created and why I connect so well, I think with your, your mission and the people that, that follow this podcast and are part of the group and part of this community is that what really helped me to do that and to climb that mountain and get over that hump was to take little tiny steps every day to get closer to that ideal. And like I said, it's been over a year and I'm still doing it. And that 1% better every day thing truly works and it feels so good and it takes away all the overwhelm and the stress and the time consuming, I guess, stigma that we put around like clearing out our lives, decluttering our lives, organizing things, which is, I think is why people put it off so often. It's just like, oh, it's going to take forever. I don't have the time for that. I don't have the energy for that, whatever. But those tiny steps every day make all the difference. Absolutely. Let's dive into another topic that I know is you're a big fan of, and, and it's it kind of related. You've, you've touched on it throughout. Um, why do you why do you love minimalism? Oh, man, why do I love minimalism? There's so many answers I can give for that. But I think if I could just sum it up for all the listeners, I love minimalism because it is what has allowed me to to find a, a really great balance and alignment in my life, whereas I get to only focus on the things that I truly love and truly care about. And in doing so, I'm much more focused and much more productive. I'm much happier. I just feel very in tune, at peace, because all of those distractions of things and people and activities and hobbies and all these things that I never really loved or cared about that were constantly weighing me down because that's what happens as we fill our time and we fill our space. Once I cleared that out, I just got this beautiful sense of peace. And once you get a glimpse of that, it's so encouraging to continue along that path. Right. So encouraging. No, yeah, absolutely. How did you come to to sort of discovering minimalism as as a philosophy? And not only that, I think probably the more important part of that question is going to be once you did find it, how did you get yourself to to take that leap and and embrace it and give it a shot? Well, it's it's kind of funny how timing works and how the universe works because prior to even kind of pulling the trigger and actually buying a tiny house, which is something that I had been really considering or interested in for a while before I actually did it, I started to get into the realm of mindfulness and meditating, doing yoga, trying just to be present and be here and be grateful and show like an extreme amount of gratitude. Like that was a practice that I had started to really focus on for a while. And then I got this, you know, 
I've, I write about it on my blog about how this tiny house came about. And it's kind of a funny story, um, which, you know, people can read about if they're interested. But really, at the end of the day, the tiny house just basically fell into my lap. And it felt so right for me to do that and take that step. It felt like perfectly aligned with where I was at at the time that I did that before I even understood what minimalism was. And then you're forced basically when you jump into buying a tiny house without really premeditating it, you're forced to incorporate minimalism into your life because now I only had 160 square feet to keep my things and to, to live basically to have all of my things, you know, it was kind of a response to this situation you found yourself in. It, It absolutely was. And in it being a response, like, it just seems as though this was all placed in a perfect line for me because once I embraced that minimum, uh, the, sorry, the mindfulness part of my life and then to throw minimalism into it, they, they intertwine so well because at the end of the day, the goal in both of them and the goal in really like in, in embracing simplicity and understanding what it's like to just be so simply happy is that you get rid of all the superfluous stuff things, people, distractions, thoughts. And once I did it to my physical space, my mental space being, I had already been like thinking about mindfulness in that way. It just was a perfect fit, a perfect puzzle piece. So it was kind of like, I'm going to jump into buying this tiny house and then I'm going to kind of be forced into this minimalism thing, whatever this new trend fad thing is. Right. But then I realized how much of a lifestyle it was so much more than just decluttering your house feng shui or whatever, you know, so much more than that. Right. So yeah, they, those two things, minimalism and mindfulness, when you combine them, they are like a superpower. It's amazing. And that's so interesting. A few episodes ago, I um, talked about the benefits of sort of putting a, a financial investment onto something in order to force yourself to take an action. And, and it seems like this is a similar experience, right? So you make this really just major life shift of buying a tiny home. Now you're stuck with this thing that you've spent however many thousands of dollars on. So you're gonna like try to live in it and use it. And as a result of that, you're going to have to scale back. And and it kind of gets you to that end result of embracing minimalism without all the debate of should I embrace minimalism? Because it becomes like a, a foregone conclusion because now there's money attached. Now there's like this feeling of, of wanting to m- prove that you made the right decision. Like there's all of these like other emotional things that force you to take action rather than continuous endless debate. Yeah. And it's actually, it's funny that you say that, and this might go off on a little bit of a different direction, but I kind of want to touch on this because I didn't think about this before, but, um, sure. for me too, with the tiny house, like taking that step personally at the time, it was a, it was a very financially based decision. Like I wanted to have financial freedom and I saw buying a tiny house and having that be my residence, my, you know, long-term place to live that, seemed like a really great solution to that part of my life. Like buy a tiny house, have no mortgage indefinitely, have no monthly bills indefinitely. That would give me so much ability to 
play around with the career and how I wanted to make money, give me time to travel. Like those are why I wanted financial freedom. And it seemed so perfectly aligned with that. Like prior to buying a tiny house, I was, you know, I was in college not long before it taking a full course load. I was working 60 plus hours a week. I had all these kind of goals that felt very predetermined for me. And I was just trying to check off boxes. So someday I would have the time and the financial freedom and the ability to pursue things I truly loved. And the tiny house was kind of a catalyst for that. Like I got that financial freedom through the tiny house and was able to then pursue these other parts of my life that had felt the serious like feeling of lack, like, oh, I'm going to school for this thing that I don't even really know if I love. And I'm, I got these jobs that I actually like, I hate going to every week, but they pay the bills. And then I got to the point after I bought the tiny house that I didn't have to do that anymore. And it's a very like freeing experience that I don't think a lot of people I think a lot of people get caught up in the minimalism part of it. Like, oh, I'm going to minimalize it. I'm going to declutter. I'm going to have less stuff and that's going to be great. And that ties into the financial freedom part of it. But financial freedom is a huge part of really being happy that we don't like to talk about because it seems like it's a dream. It seems like it's this far off goal that maybe when we retire, we'll have financial freedom. But it's possible And this is kind of an unconventional way that worked for me to go about that. Right. That's really interesting. And you're right. That is a uh, different direction that I hadn't necessarily considered. So I'm curious why uh, this might come across as a stupid question, but I want to hear your response to it. Why was financial freedom so important to you at, at that point in your life? And I assume it still is now, but when you were making this decision, it wasn't just back of your mind, hey, I'd like to be financially free, which I think is what most people have. It was clearly important enough that you made this decision to purchase a a tiny home and and took action towards it. So what was the driver there? I had just been, I had been finally taking time for myself at this point in my life. Um, And for, you know, 24 years prior, I didn't really even take this time to to ask myself questions and to get to the core of what I truly valued and what I took put as a priority in my life. Um, and it, like I said, it's really funny how the universe and how timing works. But once I started thinking about mindfulness and I started to meditate and do yoga and be present and be, you know, look inward within myself, I noticed that financial freedom for me was going to help me make certain things in my life a reality. And for me, some of those priorities included traveling. They included um, being able to support my family, not just financially, but like to physically be there and not be at work all the time. Um, I started thinking long-term about what I want and what I, what I desire when I have a family and when I have children and when I get married, like the fact that I want to be there to invest my time and to share experience with them. And just Taking that kind of life inventory for me, financial freedom was was the answer. Like financial freedom for me is not about the money. It's about the time that it allows me to free up because I don't have to spend 40 to 60 plus hours a week making money to pay my bills. Financial freedom allows me to have time to do things that I really love and not spend so much time 
doing things that I don't love. Like there's no way to get, it's just silly to think you'll get to a point in your life where you'll get to spend every single moment of your day doing exactly what you want to do, but you can make a lot more time for yourself, for your family, for those things that you find to be really important when you have the financial freedom. So basically financial freedom is synonymous to time freedom for me and to have time freedom that that can answer a lot of it it can solve a lot of the problems I think that make people so busy, so overworked, so stressed out, which is what I like to I I really care about and I like to share with others and I like to help people work through that. And not everyone for for everyone the answer is not go buy a tiny house and quit your job and pursue XYZ. That's not the answer for everybody, but it happened to be the answer for me. So at the end of the day, it was really just like dive in to what's important to you, figure it out. Let's, let's solve that issue first and then create a game plan. So I was able to do it for myself first before I was able to share it with others and allow them to do the same. So, yeah. Okay. So uh, on that note of dive into what's important to you, find something you know, figure out what you care about essentially and start to take actions towards it. You recently around this time last year uh, got into blogging about, you know, the experience of living in a tiny home, uh, your experiences with minimalism and just simplifying your life in in general. What's that experience been like being a a sort of newer to the blogging and, and digital marketing space? What has that been like over the last year? Jumping into the the blogging world is it, at first it was like it was so much fun. Like I've had so much fun doing it, but it can be super overwhelming when I I really had no background. You right. can even vouch for this. Like I had no idea what I was doing or why I was even doing it, which is something that once I figured out why I was doing it, everything else came a lot easier. Um, but even so, like it was just a really fun experience to open up to other people and share, share my journey and like how I got to, you know, at first, like it was really a focus on the tiny house, how I got to buy a tiny house and why I chose to do that and why, why it was a good fit for me and sharing that with other people. Um, that was, that was just so much fun and the feedback to getting to hear how, how taking that jump could inspire others. Whereas I hadn't thought about it like that, like getting that feedback from other people was really kind of this fuel that was like, Ooh, I can, I can do more with this. And I want to, and I really love to be able to inspire on a certain level, people to follow whatever, whatever goal they're working towards or whatever dream they have, especially when it's not exactly a conventional thing in the society, like buying a tiny house. I, in my area, there's very, very, very like few people, maybe one or two people that I know of that have one within a couple hours distance. Like it's a very rare thing. So to forge that path for myself and see how that could inspire others to take a leap, of faith and to believe in themselves and to follow through with things um, was a was really this catalyst that it, that allowed me to continue to to learn. It's a lot of learning, a lot of 
a lot of research. Like I've, I've had a lot of late nights and early mornings just because of my own personal desire to learn more about blogging, about, you know, finding ways to go viral, about finding ways to reach people that would be, this would be of benefit to. So it's been, like I said, a really, really fun experience. I've met like some of the most amazing people through this, um, through this journey and blogging and being in that digital space. Um, but even more so, it also just kind of allowed me to fine tune and really like understand why I'm here sharing my story because it's not a coincidence. Like it's not a coincidence that all of these steps in my life fell into place for me to be in the position that I'm in now to reach the audience that I'm reaching and to help them with more than just, oh, you want to live in a tiny house? Here's my experience. Here's what I can do. It's on a deeper level now, which is super, super exciting for me. And it's fueled my passion to, you know, in another realm to be an entrepreneur and to really dive into that. So mm -hmm. I've, I've really loved every second of it. Even when I've hated it, I've loved it. Yeah, no, that, that sounds pretty appropriate. There are plenty of times where I, I hate this podcast and it's, it's, the thing I want to do least because I'm exhausted. But at the end of the day, like it's something that you care about and, and the story you want to tell and share is important. And uh, when you get that feedback, it's, it's almost addictive. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from. What would you say for someone who, you know, has their own experience doing something? And, and I want to make sure I point out to, to people listening you're not an expert in in living in a tiny home or minimalism. Like it's been just about a year for you and, and it's been just about a year around blogging, but you're still telling your story. You're still sharing the things that you're learning along the way. And and I get a lot of people in the community and, and uh, on this podcast saying, well, you know, there's somebody more qualified to talk about it than I am. And it's not about that. It's not about being qualified because as long as you're doing it in, in the process, both people who are further ahead of you can learn from the things that you're experiencing and people that haven't started yet. So I want to commend you on not only getting started, but being willing to share that process from day one and evolve along with your audience as you inspire them to start and do their own thing. But with that said, how what would you recommend to someone who does have a story of, of accomplishing something or starting something who does want to tell it and, and hopefully inspire others to start telling their own, what would you recommend they, they do? I would, I would recommend, cause I really love what you just said about the fact that I'm not this expert. I have no credentials. I have no like thing that's going to prove to anybody that I understand minimalism and that I, you know, am this amazing like expert at living in a tiny house all I have is my experience, but at the end of the day, that experience is enough because it is unique to me and it's different from every other person's, whether they have lived in a tiny house for 10 years or they're just starting to think about it. Um, so with that being said, anybody who has what, whatever journey, whatever path that they're on, whether it's like fitness related or, or if it's about money, financial career, a lifestyle thing, whatever it is, there's always people that 
that are going to be able to relate to your specific experience. But if you don't share it, if you don't talk about it, then you're, you're kind of, it's kind of a selfish act to not put it out there because yep. we can share with people and help them relate. And it's okay to not be an expert actually being in this phase where we're still learning and sharing those experiences and those lessons that we learn with everybody else being on the, that same level is so effective. Like as a teacher, I'm a teacher by day. And as a teacher, if I stand in the front of a classroom and teach with this superiority thing, we all had teachers like that, that are just like, you know, my, sh oops, I don't know if I can swear on here. I'm sweared. Um, yeah, you can. If you know, we act like, okay, my shit doesn't stink. Then Kids don't really respect you, and it's on the same level where if I'm going to sit here and put myself on a pedestal and act like I know all there is to know, how hard is that to relate to, you know? So I would say, really, if anybody who is listening has a story that they want to share, like find your medium, find what works for you, whether it's through picture, whether it's through writing, whether it's through video, find it and just do it because people will support you more than you have any idea and you will affect people's lives in far greater ways than you could imagine. And that feeling of inspiring, of having something for people to relate to, that feeling is just indescribable. It really is. And I know, I know Greg, that you can relate to that because that's what you do every day. And it feels so good to be able to have even the tiniest positive impact on somebody's life. Absolutely. And I want to actually uh, take what you just said and, and highlight uh, something you mentioned earlier, um, that when you first started blogging, when you when you first started sharing, uh, you didn't know what the hell you were doing. And it was overwhelming. And there were times when you absolutely hated it. And there were times when you stayed up way too late doing it. And like, it's supposed to be overwhelming. It's supposed to be hard. Like if this isn't something you've ever done and if social media is not something you've ever used for anything other than communicating with family, like it's going to be overwhelming. So the reason I, I say that is I can hear the choir of people listening to this show right now and thinking, you know, Ashley was able to do that. Greg was able to do that. Like, I'd love to share this thing I did. I'd love to talk about uh, paying off my debt. I'd love to talk about w whatever their thing is. But then getting discouraged when they start looking into it and realizing, oh, there's like a million steps between where I am now and getting to that point of, of feeling comfortable with that. And I, I just want to reiterate, that is the point. It's supposed to be difficult. Like this is not necessarily like a thing that is common that everyone does. But as a result of it being difficult, as a result of still diving in anyway, you come out the other end, not only having potentially an audience, not only having potentially affected people, but you also gain skills and you gain connections and you gain friendships. And so much about your life changes because you were willing to just talk about the things you're dealing with and the things that you've accomplished and the things that you failed at. Yeah, I was actually so funny you say that. I was actually just on a mastermind call with the one of my mastermind groups. And I had just taken a couple minutes the other day as I was journaling in the morning to reflect on where I was a year ago. 
just one year ago, I hadn't even launched my blog yet. I was still in pre-launch phase, just writing content, being inspired, having fun. And to think about one year later, being in a position where I've done speaking events, like I said, I'm in a mastermind with a bunch of amazing other entrepreneurs. Like I'm I'm stepping into my power in a way that a year ago I did not see coming is that's what it's all about. You know, like if, if you're on whatever journey, whatever path you're on, if you are not enjoying it, even in the worst moments when you're exhausted and you don't want to do it and you know, whatever, if you can't enjoy that struggle, then it's going to, it's going to feel like work, you know, like I, I am pursuing this in this fashion because I don't want to feel like I have to go to work in the way that we conventionally think about it. So thinking, you know, just seeing that progress and enjoying that journey, meeting people, gaining new experiences, getting uncomfortable, uncomfortable, but like enjoying it, that has been all like all of this experience is just it's just like all encompassing it's overwhelming it's exhausting it's fun it's exciting it's all of those things and it feels like that's how life should be absolutely and um two quick points one i hate the phrase stepping into your power but that's fine i i will respect you either way and two i also want to point out sort of the practical side of that is you know a year ago you didn't have a clue about what you were doing. Now you've accomplished all these things, made all these friends, and that's great. But even if you, for whatever reason, needed to go get a job at some point in the future, you now have practical skills that are marketable and valuable and, and can be offered to a company in exchange for quite a, a high salary. So I, I just really want to drive this home to people. Like, Don't think of it as wasting your time or or doing this thing on the side that isn't going to be valuable to you, even if nothing ever comes from it, you're more valuable to the marketplace by doing this than you would be by not doing this. So just do it. Yeah, that's really if you could give any advice to somebody who has that desire to do it, like to do whatever. <laughs> At the end of the day, I feel as though the answer is always just do it. Because You either do it or you don't. And if you do it and you succeed in building or whatever goal you're working towards, whatever you're doing, this is applicable to everything. If you succeed, then that's awesome. If you don't succeed, you learn. You learn so much. But if you never try, you can can succeed at not doing it, which doesn't get you anywhere, you know? But then you're also always asking yourself, okay, what if I did actually do it? And at the end of the day, I've found that we, we regret so many more of the chances that we don't take than the ones that we do, even when we fail. Because failure is just a stepping stone. It's just a lesson. It gets you, it, it improves you. Failure is certainly a way to improve. So I think that's great advice, Greg. Like whatever you're thinking, like if you feel a desire to do something, just do it. Absolutely. So Ashley, uh, as we wrap up here, my understanding is that you've got something free for us. Yeah, I actually, I have something really exciting that I'd love to share. Um, I think that your listeners will really, will really benefit from this, especially those who found that this podcast specifically really resonated with them. Um, So 
I have this really awesome thing that I would like to offer to everyone, especially those of the people listening who feel as though um, they look at their life and they're just, they just notice that they're super busy. Things are very chaotic. They don't have time to slow down and, you know, take time for themselves. And that can get so exhausting. So I want to offer a free declutter with ease session with me, which is a 60 to 90 minute phone call where we sit down and we talk about those, those points in your life that sometimes it's, it's hard to uncover where that lack or that, that happiness is missing from, but we work to uncover that and then come up with a game plan to rectify that, to, to solve that. And I would love to offer that to anyone who's listening. Um, if that resonates with you and you think that that would be a, a good investment of your 60 to 90 minutes to spend that with me, you could send me an email um, and just maybe in the tagline, we'll put tiny leap. So I know where you are emailing, emailing me from. Um, and my email would be destiny dweller at contact gmail at gmail.com. I just messed that all sorts up destinydweller.contact at gmail.com. Okay. So if you email me there, we could set up a call and get you from that, that feeling of lack and unfulfillment and busy to this more kind of state as if I've described for you guys of peace and clarity and simplicity um, I would be super, super excited to share to share my time with anyone who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, and I'm going to do you guys one better because I know I, I struggle to remember emails when I listen to the podcast. Head over to tinyleaps.today slash destiny and um, you can leave your contact info there and Ashley will reach out directly. So tinyleaps.com or rather tinyleaps.today, sorry, tinyleaps.today slash destiny. Leave your name and email. Ashley will reach out directly and you guys can set up that call. Um, so Ashley, I, I want to thank you so much for everything that you were willing to share. I want to thank you for, for sharing your story and, and your journey and um, just being honest with us. Uh, where can we learn more about you and connect with you and, and just enter your world? Yeah, awesome. Of course, it was such a pleasure to be here. So if you would like to learn some more about me, my story, I post my blog posts. I post videos. Um, I have a lot of really awesome content on my website, which is destinydweller.com. So you can find me there. And if that is of value to you, there's links um, within my website where you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Snapchat, so on and so forth. Um, But really, my website is the best place to get a handle on me and my journey and the services that I offer. So um, you can head over there. That would be perfect. Perfect. So that's destinydweller.com. And again, if you want to take her up on her incredibly generous offer of of her time to help you just declutter and and get a little bit more peace in your life, head over to tinyleaps.today slash destiny. That's tinyleaps.today slash 
destiny. Uh, Ashley, thank you again for sharing with us. And listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank you for sharing the last 40 or so minutes with us. Uh, I want to remind you to subscribe if you haven't already. That's the best way to get new episodes dropped directly to your favorite listening device whenever you 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 want whenever they go live and, and you're ready to listen. So hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Be sure to leave a rating and review that does a huge, huge amount for helping us get discovered, but also does a lot for giving you a voice and, and allowing you to help us make the show better and more tailored to your needs. So with that said, I've been Greg Clunas. This has been Ashley Fazio. Thank you for listening. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day. Every day.